responsible. However small a man's gift may be, he is responsible as if it were very great. Altogether, however small a man's gift may be, he is responsible as if it were very great. Amen. Father, we praise you. Just give you thanks as we look to your word. We're asking, Father God, that you give us insight and inspiration, Father God, by your Holy Spirit as we hear the word. In Jesus' name, amen. First of all, I want to tell you a story about a parrot. It was a beautiful bird. You know, parrots are, you know, all those plumage and all the different colors. But it had one problem. It was a swearing parrot. It seems like whenever the owner was entertaining, the parrot would embarrass him by swearing in front of his guest. The owner asked the parrot to clean up his language, and the parrot said, okay, but nothing changed. Finally, it got so bad that the man grabbed the bird by the throat and shook it and yelled, you've got to stop this swearing. The bird became more aggravated and started clawing and scratching along with its swearing. Boy, that's some bird. Okay. At this point, the man lost his temper and threw the parrot into the freezer. He can hear the bird squawk, scream, and thrash about. And then there was dead silence. After a few minutes, the owner hesitated and wondered if he really hurt his bird. He opened the freezer door, and the bird climbed out calmly to an outstretched arm of the owner. The bird said, I'm sorry about all the trouble I've caused you. I will clean up my language from now on. The man just couldn't believe the transformation as a result of putting the bird in the freezer for only a few minutes. Then the parrot turned to the man and said, I have just one question. What did the turkey do? Okay, you'll see what we... <laughs> That's for November. It fits perfect, doesn't it? <laughs> All right. Turn with me to the book of um, Ephesians chapter 5. You know, that's what Laurel should have done with her chicken. Ask Laura what she did with her chicken. Maybe she should have threw it in the freezer. Might have helped her out. <laughs> in the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Beginning with verse 15. I'm going to read it from the Amplified. That's Ephesians chapter 5. Beginning with verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk. Live purposely and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people, 
making the very most of your time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Verse 17, therefore, do not, have, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's talking about good stewardship here. Good stewardship. Dude, wow. Good stewardship. <laughs> and the parrots got me. Okay. Turn with me now to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to talk about stewardship here in a moment. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 4, looking at verse 2. Again from the Amplified. Moreover, it is essentially required of stewards that a man should be found faithful, proving himself worthy of trust. Glory to God. We all fit that category. Amen? Thank you. We should, I mean, it should be all, either you're asleep or you're still figuring what, what's wrong with the parrot. Okay, now let's turn to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. And Matthew chapter 22. We want to look at verse 21. That's Matthew chapter 22, verse 21. They say unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. Amen. So uh, we see here that uh, there are two spheres of influence that we have and responsibilities or duties. We have duty to the, our spiritual realm, God's kingdom, and then we have duties or responsibilities to Caesar or the world, okay? Um, how do we render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's? You ever thought about that? How do you render? Okay, here we go. First of all, we should pray regularly, faithful, faithfully and daily for those who are in power, for our president, vice president, for the cabinet, the Supreme Court, the Congress, the Senate, the House, and those in local positions. So if we'll turn to 1 Timothy, that's 1 Timothy chapter 2. Well, if we read verse 1 and 2, 1 Timothy chapter, one, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. I exhort, therefore, that, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and understanding. So if we're doing our job right, we should have a peaceful, quiet life. Amen? God makes it clear that our prayers can make a difference. Have we been praying lately for those in authority? Well... I think uh, it's coming around. Okay, I'll put it that way. Um, we should pray for all those in, in uh, governmental authorities that, they, uh, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life. Uh, 
Second, we should register to vote and vote. If we do not render, render unto Caesar the, Caesar the things that are Caesar's, we specifically are disobeying a direct commandment of the Lord. Because it involves voting. Registering and voting. Oh, you know I was going to get on that one, didn't it? Okay, we're about done. The sixth is coming. Okay. For non-Christians, non-Christian Americans, I put it that way, voting is a privilege and a responsibility. Don't you think that everybody should vote? It's a privilege and responsibility. You're quiet out there. I need some interaction. Okay. Okay, that's the responsibility of every non-Christian. A privilege and a responsibility. But for the Christians, it's a duty demanded by God that we shall fulfill. It's a duty that we need to do it. And what has happened? There's, they, say, they said that uh, Christians hardly vote at all. Uh, let me give you a quote from uh, President John Quincy Adams. Duty is ours. Results are God's. Duty is ours. Results are God's. Uh, since we're in that area, let's go to... 1 Timothy chapter 6. Looking at verse 20. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. Voting, okay? Avoid profane and vain babbling and opposition of science falsely so-called. So it's a sacred calling that we have, that we have as a steward, Okay? And also in 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 14, that's 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 14, that good things which has committed unto thee keep by the Holy Ghost which dwells in us. So we've been committed as good stewards in, in, in this area to what? On the 6th. Vote. If you're... If you haven't registered to vote, it's too late right now, but you better get ready for the next one. We need to vote. But how are we ready to vote? Okay. Third, uh, okay. Um, then let's now go to the book of Luke chapter 19. We're going to go all over the place today. Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, we're going to start with verse 15. And it came to pass, Jesus speaking, that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded those, those servants to be called unto him whom he had given money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. And if we read the... In other words, God has given us something, and we are supposed to use it or do it. We're talking about voting, so we're not just going to go on this thing. So we need to, God's called us as a duty to render to Caesar the things that are to Caesar, and voting is part of that. Okay? 
Romans chapter, let's go to Romans chapter 14. In Romans chapter 14. Verse 12. So then every one of us shall give an account to God, account of himself to God. So we're going to, God's going to say, how good of a steward were you? And we said, well, I was good in my tithes and offerings. I was, uh, uh, I supported my family and so forth. He said, what about your voting record? You ever think about that? Did you vote correctly? Did you put the right man or woman in? Or did you just go on what you thought was right? First hmm. Peter. Going to First Peter, Chapter Four. That's First Peter, Chapter Four. Verses four and five. Wherein they think it strange that ye not run with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you, who shall give an account of him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? We're going to give an account of things that we do here on earth. I mean, we don't even think about this area that much, about voting. But we're going to give, give an account if we did it right. Every thought and word that we speak, is going to, we're going to have to give an account of also. So we've got to check things out here. Okay, Proverbs... Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 9 this time. In Proverbs chapter 9, you say, wow, this is... And I bet you never heard of, heard of this before. This type of stewardship, have you? Proverbs chapter 9. Verse 12. If thou be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself. But if thou scornest, thou alone shalt bear it. We need to be wise in what we do. Amen? Now, the third thing we need to do, we should become informed when we vote, before we vote. We don't simply walk, you don't simply walk into, into the voter's booth, close your eyes and mark your ballot. Somebody's ever did that. I'm the only one that's ever done that. I didn't, you know, I said, okay, one, two, three, this is a good one, one, two, one, two buckle my shoe, this is the one. Nobody's ever did that. Oh, you, you've all looked up everybody and checked things out. We've got to be wise, it says, when we do things. Get your information from any, uh, as many resources as possible and then get involved. The leaders, listen to this, the leaders we choose now may determine how long we, we retain our freedoms. The leaders we choose now may determine how long we retain our freedoms. Here's a good quote from James Madison. Quote from James Madison. All men having power 
ought not be trusted. All men having power ought not be trusted. And that, as we can look at uh, the newspapers lately, those that are in power, we could see that they should not be there. They can't be trusted. But we, we, we as a country put those people in. If Christians would have voted, they wouldn't have been there. If we voted correctly, that is. Again, a quote from James Madison. All men having power ought not be trusted. Okay. When we vote biblical values, we obey what the Lord would have us to do. So you're going to have to put everything on your ballot in, in, under biblical values. Uh, Jesus is not on the ballot. So ultimately, we're going to be voting for a sinner. But the question is, where does each candidate stand on key issues? Or you can look at, uh, look at the different platforms of uh, the organization that, uh, and you'll find out which one comes closest to standing with God and the other ones are, are completely off. Where do they stand on abortion? Where do they stand on traditional marriage? Where do the candidates stand on uh, religious liberty? What type of judges will they give us once they are elected? Now, I want us to, uh, I've shared this before, but I want you to turn to, maybe you've never been there, gone to that position. Let's go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 1. Isaiah, chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1. You got it? This is a good one. I'm going to read from the Amplified. That's Isaiah chapter 1, looking at verse 26. I will restore your judges as at the first and your counselors as at the beginning. Afterward, you shall be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Well, I will restore your judges at the first. Well, what kind of judges did we have at the beginning of our country? Righteous men and women. Or actually, at that time, it was all men. Righteous men. Well, I could say, thank you, President Trump, for putting in two righteous men. They go according to the Constitution and not what the world opinion is. Thank you for all the amens. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Proverbs. Let's go to back to the book of Proverbs now. Proverbs chapter 14. Oh, glory to God. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. From the Amplified, it reads, unrighteous and right standing, uprighteous, pardon me, uprighteous and right standing with God, moral and spiritual rectitude in every era and relation. Elevate a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Wow. 
So as we have men and women in, in authority that are righteous, it's going to go well with our country. Why? Okay, let me go to another story. Are you ready for this one? Okay. You've heard of Dr. Frankenstein, right? And his monster. Okay. The monster goes berserk and wrecks havoc upon the townspeople. It has left a number of people dead and now is attacking its maker, Dr. Frankenstein, and destroying his house. A friend arrives at Dr. Frankenstein's house and asks, What's happening here? Dr. Frankenstein says, It's the monster! It's the monster! The guest says, Where did this monster come from, Dr. Frankenstein? Well, I made it myself. Are you seeing any parallels? Are you thinking ahead or behind? What, have, what has this country gone to? It's turned into a monster because we have abandoned God's principles and put our own in. Christians have abandoned God's principles. Oh, we'll, get, we'll get it to in a moment. Okay, I'll give you another quote from George Washington this time. Government is not reason. Government is not reason. It is not eloquence. It is a force. Like fire, it is, danger, it is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. Government is not reason. It is not eloquence. It's a force. Like fire, it is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. If we let it go out of hand, and that's what our country has gone out of hand. We've got people that, that think they want to change the Constitution, get rid of this, get rid of that. For over 100 and so, uh, almost 200 years, we've had some perfect, and all of a sudden, we get a bunch of numbskulls in there that are wanting to change it. Okay. Our founders, who crafted our Constitution and its Bill of Rights, in the first five Amendments guarantees freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of assembly, and the right to bear arms. Freedom to petition the government for its, uh, its grievances. These realities highlight the critical importance of choosing elected officials committed to preserving the fundamental freedoms. We need to choose individuals who are going to Go with our fundamental freedoms. Our choice of leaders matters now more than ever. Because you can have some harebrained things going on if you get the wrong people in. Well, uh, where's the blame to rest? The blame rests upon the church. We have failed to obey the great commandments or the commission in this country as a whole. We may have not created the monster, but we have allowed it to grow, take power in our government, our education, the classrooms, the colleges, 
the media, the courts, and even our businesses. We have left them to be under the supervision of unbelievers that want to destroy the foundation of our country. As Christians, we have failed to fulfill our responsibilities as citizens of this nation. Religion, quote, has left all of the public spheres and retreated within its glass-stained walls of the church or have hidden ourselves in the prayer closet. May God give us grace to turn this thing around before it's too late. It's time that, you've heard this, it's time that we drain the swamp, remove the monsters, prepare the way for good Christian leadership to right the wrongs of the past, to celebrate our Christian Judeo values and praise God for his mercy and goodness that he still blesses his people. Fourth, do more than vote. Support your candidate of your choice. We, we need a reformation of political leadership. A new generation of elected officials, good elected officials. Those that are well informed on biblical, will, uh, biblical uh, view. Those, have, those that have a respect and understanding of our constitution and form of government those who have good communication skills and good work ethics, understanding God's design for civil, go uh, for civil government. We are about done. Our opportunity is before us Tuesday, November 6th. Hopefully our prayers will be answered. The responsibility is in your and mine hands. Vote as God calls you to vote. Look at each party's platform. Which one come closest to God's standards? Then that is the one you mark for your ballot, and there can be no other reason. Well, it's helping my pocketbook. Well, you know, I believe this. No, do it God's way. We'll write this thing right. The power of one vote. In 1645, one vote gave Oliver Cromwell control over England. In 1825, one vote gives John Quincy Adams the presidency. 1868, one vote saves Andrew jo Johnson, uh, president, from being impeached. One vote. We need to thank God that he, he is true to his word. word. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, Seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will heal from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Hopefully on November 7th, the day after the elections, the song we sang, you've got a right to praise him. You ought to praise the Lord. So if, Heather, you can put the next one on, we'll close it up. I'm getting shorter and shorter.
If my people call by my name Will humble themselves and pray say that on Wednesday for all the blessings that he's pouring upon this nation that will continue to flow upon us and that corruption will be denied wickedness will be thrown out and all the rest will be destroyed so father we praise you we just give you thanks we thank you Lord that uh, You've shown us that there is need of stewardship in our voting. And I thank you, Lord, that we will follow, Father God, uh, the examples, Father God, that you've shown us. That you open our eyes of our understanding, Father God, to our responsibilities to this nation that we live in. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. Thank you, Lord, as we go our separate ways, Father God, that we are the blessed and we can be blessings to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Stewardship voting.